This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Mofongo. Yes. Any reason this one was on your mind? I was thinking about plantains because I'm usually thinking about plantains. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I I think I think my 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 process was that I was looking into different dishes and I came across this really good Whetstone magazine article about tostones. And mm-hmm. then it mentioned Mofongo in there, and I was like, oh, no, I want that now. And so then I was like, let's just do an episode about Mofongo. <laughs> so you've had it. Yes, yes. Okay. Not in a not in a good hot minute because um, there uh, – I, I grew up in South Florida and went to college in Central Florida, and there are more Puerto Rican restaurants there than there are – in general around Atlanta? I mean, we do have a few. We do have a few yeah. restaurants here that serve this dish. Uh, certainly when I was when I was Googling stuff, it was like, would you like to go to one of these restaurants? And I was like, <laughs> well, yes, but like that's yeah. not what I'm doing right now. Uh, so, yeah. But now I'm like, oh, geez. But but you, you have not, have you? I have never had it. Um, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, it sounds amazing. It sounds exactly like my jam. That's... <laughs> I I think it would be. Yes. 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 And I as I was researching this, I was like, I have heard about this. I've it was like ringing in the back of my brain this word. Where have I heard it? It was an SNL. There's an <laughs> SNL skit uh Keenan did about a baseball player that I do not know and I know plenty of you are going to write in and yell at me, but <laughs> he's a famous baseball player and he would talk about Mofongo uh that's where I know it Okay. From, and I feel embarrassed and ashamed to admit it. No, that's it. We're all just out here learning every day. Hey. Yes. Yes. Thank you for your support. Yeah. Oh, I've got to get my my hands on some. You I'm do. Excited. That is extremely true. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, National Mofongo Day is September 24th, and I'm pretty sure that's as of 2021, so pretty recently okay. this day was named. Yeah, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can see our episode on sweet potatoes uh-huh. for more. Yeah, uh, or bananas, um, or like arepas is like kind of adjacent. Yeah. yeah. I'm, make, yeah. I'm, I'm making a weird gesture that's kind of like over here, but like, yeah, it's not unconnected. <laughs> it's not unconnected. We can say that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I guess this brings us to our question. Uh, yes, it does. It does, I think. <laughs> Mofongo. <laughs> what is it? Well, uh, Mofongo is a, a savory starch bomb of a dish uh, made with green plantains that have been fried and mashed, uh, seasoned with things like salt and garlic, and served um, in, in a standing ball, uh, often stuffed or studded with some kind of protein like pork cracklins or, um, or shrimp. It's also often served with a, with a sauce or a broth of some kind to kind of brighten and lighten the dish. Depending on what you add to it, this can be anything from like a side to more of a main, but it is soft and savory and stick to your ribs, um, often with bits of crunch from those pork rinds or, or from the fry on the plantains. It's like, it's like mashed potatoes, but the potatoes were deep fried instead of boiled. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like you took just the densest cloud and you put garlic in it. Oh, I want that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Lauren, why must you torment me so? I, it's my whole job, Annie. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is one of those dishes where if you grew up with it, like everyone around you had their own specific recipe and preferences. So I am I'm, I'm reporting this in broad strokes. As y'all know, we enjoy strong opinions. So... Um, so if you have one, let us know. And if I get anything wrong, I am willing to accept a correction as always. Um, Mm -hmm. but okay. So, so the star of this dish is the plantains and this is not an, this is not the plantain episode. No. Um, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Um, but uh, they are a staple starch in places where they grow, and they're like a firmer, a firmer banana that um is very firm when it's unripe and um will will soften and sweeten, but but it's still tart when it's ripe, like more tart than than most of the bananas that you can, or cer- certainly uh, more more tart than like the Cavendish banana, which is the one that we commonly eat. Uh, you can cook plantains when, right, right, they, they are more soft and sweet and, uh, and golden, or when they are still green and firm and ki- kind of bland, but like running, running towards like, there, there's, there's a little bit of a flavor in there. I, I guess tart, it's tart adjacent, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what we are working with here. Uh, to, to soften them into mashability, you have to cook green plantains. A related dish called mengu does call for boiling, but, but in the case of mafongo, you are deep frying. Uh, recipes often call for soaking the pieces of the plantains in salt water first, which I think is to preserve the color huh. or something. <laughs> 
Okay. I couldn't, I couldn't quite get to, get get to the bottom of it, but yeah. Um. Uh. Then yeah. Then then you fry them gently without allowing them to to, to fully brown. Um. A mash might also require a bit of um, oil and or water and or broth in order to accomplish like a good texture. Um, so those things might be added along with garlic and salt. The traditional tool for mashing is a pilon, uh, which is a mortar and pestle, uh, as we talked about in the arepas episode. Um, but you can use a potato masher or like a food processor, whatever you want. Um, mix-ins like those pork rinds may be added at this stage. Uh once your mixture is anywhere from like smashed to smooth, it is ready to serve and it'll be uh, shaped into balls or, or maybe like turned out of a uh, ramkins or other similar small dishes. Uh, sometimes these are given an extra like quick bake for cohesion, I think. Yeah. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this th this is a, your basic mofongo um but there are endless variations um you often get them stuffed uh that's mofongo relleno with various proteins or vegetables um you can serve them in or alongside a spicy or sweet or herbal sauces or with a with a chicken broth or a beef broth which they will either kind of soak up like or you can dip bites of the mofongo into it oh um, mm. You can also mix in other starches at the frying stage, like you can use uh, the sweet ripened plantains or yucca or breadfruit. Uh, two starches mixed together might be simply called um, a mafongo mixto, or it might be called bifongo. Uh, if you've got three, it might be called trifongo. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. That's pretty great. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it is best served like fresh and hot. And because it is a little bit labor intensive to make, it can be hard to find, um, though there has been research into developing like frozen manufactured versions, which I could not find anything further about. Like there was this paper from like the 1980s and I couldn't find anything about it after that. But maybe maybe Google is, do is, is doing me dirty because I'm not <laughs> looking in Spanish. So, yeah, could be, could be. Well, listeners, if you have any recipes, oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let us know. But I guess, uh, what about the nutrition? Uh, this is a calorie-dense dish uh, with, with, you know, a bunch of fats and starches, but does also have a bunch of protein, lots of micronutrients. Um, it will help fill you up to keep you going and, you know, eat a vegetable. Mm. Yeah. Vegetables also good. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a salad last night and I was very happy about it. Oh, yay. Um, <laughs> so we don't really have a lot of numbers for you. We have some things. Yeah, yeah we have like some thing, sort of, <laughs> sort of singular. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, starting with uh, mofongo is the unofficial dish of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think maybe maybe pigeon peas and rice is the official official dish. Oh gosh, I might mm. be misquoting. Oh dear, but uh, but but yes, um, it is more or less from there, and uh, and is widely enjoyed. Um, and yeah, I couldn't find any numbers on mofongo specifically, but I will say plantain consumption per capita in Puerto Rico has been estimated at over fifty pounds a year. That's uh, that's twenty two kilos. So yeah, a a true staple. Wow. Yeah. Uh and we've got we've got quite a history to unfurl with this one. 
We do, and we are going to get into that history after we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Yes. And as we often say on this show, this one is shorter. It's a shorter history section. I think that's because, as you mentioned, Lauren, you know, Google perhaps only returning English results instead of Spanish results, what gets written down as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, it's all it's one of those ones that we could have, if we were a different podcast, we could have expanded it out way bigger. <laughs> yeah. But we're not that podcast. We're not. We're not. And um, and I think that a lot of the things were, I mean, basically everything that we're going to touch on here is 
is going to be its own episode eventually. Um, yes. And and that's, you know, th- this is one of those things where I, I wish that we were still doing travel and interviews mm-hmm. because this is one of those dishes that um, really exemplifies the way that this this culture came together from multiple cultures. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so, yeah, tracing these dishes is always a bit messy. Um, but generally, historians agree that mofongo has roots in Africa, specifically Angola, where folks would uh, take a bunch of starchy foods, mash them up, uh, and to soften them up, they would add in like liquid and or fat. Um, and then further back than that, some say it derives from West African fufu, which was which is a dish of boiled and mashed yams. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, in the 1500s, enslaved peoples from Angola and other parts of Africa were forcibly brought to Puerto Rico, where they continued mashing and pounding foods with available ingredients. Um, researchers suggest the name fungo comes from the Angolan word for, quote, a great amount of anything at all. <laughs> Which Mm -hmm. I hope is true. I love that. Yeah, Um, yeah. That's very nice if it is true. It's very nice if it is true. On top of that, archaeological evidence suggests that the indigenous people of Puerto Rico had a long history of mashing ingredients together. So maybe all of this this came together. It coalesced. Mm -hmm. But to expound a bit, when the Spanish arrived in the 1500s to Puerto Rico, they subjugated the Taino, uh, the indigenous people of Puerto Rico, forcing them to work in mines and on plantations. And this led to starvation and disease and many, many other terrible things. With the indigenous enslaved folks dying under these harsh conditions, the Spanish relied more and more on enslaved African peoples who brought over things like fufu with them. Many of the key ingredients for this dish did come over with enslaved African folks and colonizing forces, particularly the Spanish in this case. Um, And yeah, it it is one of those dishes that showcases globalization, colonization, and the culinary contributions of enslaved and subjugated peoples. Um, Garlic, an ingredient culinarily important to Spain, was introduced to Puerto Rico in the 1500s, plus onions and herbs mashed together in sofrito. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's sofrito sometimes shows up in recipes for, for mofongo, for sure. Yes. Um, rice and the traditional pork arrived from Spain at the same time. Though many proteins can and have been used in place of pork, um, South Asian plantains arrived in the Caribbean by this time, too, and the indigenous people farmed yuca, a sort of potatoy, starchy vegetable sometimes used as well. Uh, and then you have all the garnishes and toppings, uh, some local and others not, just all of the stuff coming together. Yeah, yeah. Um, of, of the starches that were brought to the area, um, wheat did not do well, um, but plantains and rice did very well. And so uh, plant- plantains became really a staple food for a lot of communities. Yes. Um, According to some sources, the first written recipe for mofongo appeared in a book in 1859. Uh, The recipe called for boiled green plantains, boiled hen and veal, all mashed up with garlic, bacon or lard, ham and spices. Sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole thing was molded into a ball and served with broth. Uh, The book featured several other similar recipes, some calling for yams or taro uh, and ingredients like tomato paste and onions, among other things. 
but there weren't too many recipes I could find in the timeline. Um, more started popping up in the 1940s and 50s, especially for roasted plantain mafungo. Hmm. And I imagine this is both the product of what was getting recorded and this dish being by nature a family recipe mm-hmm. and often a difficult one or based on what I read. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that any time that you're that you're deep frying and then doing the work of mashing like that's mm-hmm. deep, deep frying alone. I mean, y'all know my opinions on deep frying. If you've been <laughs> listening to the show, I'm terrified of it. So like that's yeah. that step alone. I'm like, oh, no, no. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it, it is it is labor intensive. Sure. Mm hmm. I did find this government document from 1980 that described Mofongo as a, quote, Puerto Rican matzo ball. Um, <laughs> the, it seemed fond in the text, but I was kind of like, hmm. <laughs> I guess not entirely, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's like dumpling related. Yeah. Well, the the document's up if you want to look it up. It's it's it has that that kind of like vibe of like and it tastes like a matzo ball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um uh I I will say uh unfortunately d- damage from hurricanes over the past 10 years has just about halved um the production of plantains in puerto rico uh you know that's those the, those hurricanes especially maria i think in 2017 um have have really damaged i mean a lot of aspects of life there uh, uh certainly certainly the the um restaurant and tourist industry that a lot of people depend on right um but but just but just getting but just getting your staple foods for your daily life has become a lot more difficult yeah yeah. Um, so again, listeners, if this is something you know more about because couldn't find too much in the history section about it, or uh, if you have any recipes or have experiences, oh yeah, with it, um, I went through a very strong plantain period. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Same. I. It was kind of, it was like cowardice. I didn't really, I was afraid to cook with them. I didn't know what I was doing. Aww, uh-huh. So I feel like I need to give it another go because it was like a nerve wracking experience. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never, I've honestly never thought to, to, to try cooking with raw plantains, um, despite the fact that uh, Maduros, uh, uh, fried sweet plantains mm. are one of my absolute favorite foods on the planet. Yes. Uh, Oh, oh man! Yes. Oh no! Oh no! What have you done? Continuing the tormenting. <laughs> well, I think that's what we have to say about Mafungo for now. It is. Um, we do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. 
And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listener. <laughs> it was like condensing a flavor and an explosion oh, of flavor. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. The facial expressions on that one were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> you'll never see them, listeners. But uh, rest assured. Yep. <laughs> Aces. Yes. <laughs> uh, Heidi wrote, first, the background. Ever since my kids were little, they are now in college. We have had Thanksgiving at my in-laws' house and Christmas at my parents' house. Everyone lives in the same town and gets along well, so this has been great. My mom and my mother-in-law are slash were great cooks, and they let me get away with just bringing the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yes, I live a charmed life. Huh. Um, all this time I have thought, eventually these traditional dinners are going to be my responsibility and something is going to have to change. I am terrible at multitasking, as in mentally handicapped level of terrible, so the mere thought of getting all those dishes ready at the same time makes my stress level go through the roof. This last October, my in-laws died suddenly and unexpectedly, oh. so the rest of us are figuring out how to navigate the holidays for the first time without them. 
Now, my mother-in-law was always a stickler about tradition. Things must be this way because they have always been this way. (laughs) And my mom and I would rather shake things up. So we did traditional things, especially at her house, just to make my mother-in-law happy because we loved her, not because we cared about the traditions. So when contemplating what to have for Christmas dinner this year, my mom and I thought we didn't need to be bound by tradition anymore because the person who cared most about tradition isn't here. And we just had turkey for Thanksgiving, so we're not doing it again. We were thinking about casseroles and pad thai because that's where my brain goes and many miscellaneous things. My daughter protested that Christmas dinner must be special and most of our ideas weren't special enough. She wanted the giant piece of meat and the traditional side dishes. Here's the thing. She doesn't even like most of those things. (laughs) For about 15 years, she has eaten mostly stuffing for these meals and complained that there was nothing else that she liked. She's the pickiest eater I've ever known, and I've known some picky eaters. So incredulous, I asked some questions to figure out what was truly important to her, and eventually we arrived at the solution of homemade fancy macaroni and cheese. We also have three other picky eaters and some involuntary dietary restrictions to deal with, so meals together are always a puzzle. (laughs) My mom suggested using an Excel spreadsheet the other day. (laughs) Um, We are going to have macaroni and cheese with ham and green onions in it and Parmesan breadcrumbs on top. I hope this works as a new tradition because it seems doable and will make several people quite happy. Now we just have to figure out what my dad and I are going to eat because I'm lactose intolerant and he just really doesn't like cheese. (laughs) But I think he might like pad thai. (laughs) Anyway, that's my Christmas macaroni and cheese story. I hope you and yours have a wonderful Christmas or whatever else you may celebrate. Aww. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, wow. Do I relate to a lot of this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are these are always the conversations of like of like who right like because I and I do feel like it's like sort of like your situation Annie where like the people who are demanding these dishes are not the ones cooking them right <laughs> uh, yeah. and you know like and like it's a lovely act of service to like do this for your family but it's at a certain point if you don't enjoy them then like what are you really doing there right right exactly and I do think that this whole idea of when tradition becomes like we're just doing it because of tradition yeah. and you don't actually like the dishes. Yeah. I like all of the Thanksgiving dishes, but I'm not going to lie. If some fancy mac and cheese showed up. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it'd be great. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. You know, right. Like I like I do. I mean, and that's the thing. Like if I don't get a specific dish that I was kind of looking forward to on one of those like traditional feast days then I'll just Mm -hmm. make it myself and have too much of it and eat it for a week and be really happy so (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) I'm all for that absolutely yeah yeah and the like spreadsheet thing I have oh gosh I've got multiple spreadsheets post-it notes oh yeah I hear you (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Oh, um, uh, Christine wrote, I was listening to the Panettone episode on my way to the supermarket and was overcome by Panettone cravings. Given it's becoming a traditional Christmas food here in Australia, I decided to get one because surely there will still be some around. Uh, but no, there was not a Panettone to be seen. They've all been replaced by 
hot cross buns. I don't know how it is in the U.S., but hot cross buns are hugely popular here in Australia and come out on Boxing Day. I have absolutely no idea why no one has tried to sell them year-round. I'm consoling my panettone lack with some excellent Normandy brie and medieval quince marmalade. Mm. Well, 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 that sounds okay. Yeah, that I mean, sounds that sounds good. basically pretty pretty all right. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about this, actually. <laughs> I have follow-up questions. A lot of you have written in about panettone, so that's exciting. Um, yes. It really struck a nerve with a lot of you. <laughs> um, hot cross buns. Okay, you still haven't had these, have you? Uh, no. Okay. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren, but in the U.S., that's a very Easter. That's a very Easter thing here. Yes. Yeah. Or, I mean, huh. I guess I guess you can sometimes find them starting around, like, like, like carnival season, huh. but... But okay. I but I more strongly associate them with Easter. I mean, we need listeners. I know <laughs> we call on you a lot, but I'm calling on you again because I need to know. <laughs> we need a bread breakdown here. Yes. What I I really love comparing traditional foods yeah. around the world and around just in our country. Like I just oh, like yeah. seeing what people eat and associate yeah. with certain things. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So what are your holiday breads? What are your important, like, yes. like tentpole breads throughout the year? Tentpole breads. Yes. <laughs> That's what we need. That's what we need. <laughs> We're counting on you. <laughs> I'll have to, I'll have to think about this for me, actually. Yes. Um, but yeah. Ooh. Okay. We'll revisit this. We'll revisit this. Okay. Pa pastries do also count. Do pastries yes. count? Yeah. I okay. Think so okay. Yeah, I'm I'm allowing pastries. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> thank you to both of these listeners for writing. Uh, if you would like to write to us with our bread inquiries, which are very <laughs> important, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you about bread. Uh, Saver <laughs> is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks as always to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. 
When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.